we can desire and hope for something and think, well, my hope never comes true or, you know, God didn't answer my prayer. Well, what God wants us to work on is not to just have this kind of blind, weightless hope. He wants us to have our faith bolstered and strengthened. And that's the direction of, if you want to know how to have a, you know, hope that means something, then you work upon this part of what, and you work on your faith, and, the, and your faith is developed. Welcome to episode 38 of the Redeemed Hearts podcast, where we encourage you to allow God to transform you mentally, emotionally, and relationally by living from your redeemed heart. Your hosts, Worley and Danina Kennedy, are licensed professional counselors and are the founders of Redeemed Hearts Ministries. This week's episode is a special Christmas episode entitled The Hope of Christmas. We want to wish all of our listeners a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks so much for listening. Here's Worley and Danina. Well, Merry Christmas. Danina. Merry Christmas to you, to it's everyone good, out good there. good to be doing this again. Today, we are going to talk about hope because as we think about just this year ending and going into the next year, um, we're just aware that we're living in a world full of constant uncertainty, um, so much pain and loss and suffering. And, you know, Worley, you and I happen to be in a profession where we sit weekly with people who are really settled into their suffering, and they're all longing for hope. And I think if anybody, you know, settles into what's going on in their world, they would say, yes, there's anxiety, there's a certain amount of chaos. I think that's true for all of us. Absolutely. And I think everyone is fighting for hope. Um, You know, might be looking for hope in a you know, broken relationship might be looking for hope just in the midst of deep grief or hope for relief from, like you said, depression or just even the low-grade anxiety that the world is living with right now. Hope on the other side sometimes of abuse or on the other side of divorce. And, um, And then sometimes we're just, we all need the hope that comes as a result, you know, of our own sin. I mean, where, where can we find hope? Um, as a result of our choices. It's just hope is critical. It's, you know, the heartbeat of life, and we need it. And, and, you know, just even on a surface level, I mean, we hope that we'll be told the truth. We hope that we can trust in, you know, what's the process to deal with the COVID, you Mm -hmm. know, that's going on. So it, it really is everywhere there's uncertainty, and we all need hope. Mm hmm it's been said by different people in various ways, and we had this on our social media earlier this month, but that that man can live three weeks without food, three days without water, and three minutes without air, but he cannot live three seconds without hope. And the word hope is defined as to trust in, to wait for, to look for, or to desire something or someone. Um, the word hope is always... Um, thinking about the future. It's, it's, it's to expect something positive or beneficial to come in the future. South American Nobel Prize. Uh, South, Pe- South African. South African, yeah, Nobel Peace Prize winner um, Desmond Tutu describes hope as being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. 
Author Leanna Tankersley writes that hope comes when we believe that new life can start in the dark. She writes about two kinds of hope in her book, Hope Anyway, and I really like this. She mm-hmm. says, there is help me hope. And this is the begging and wishing you know, prayers or thoughts for things to turn out a certain way. This is the t- type of hope we have when we say things like, I hope we have a white Christmas, hmm. which takes a lot of hope around here, yeah, unlike where I grew up in Colorado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, it's when we say, we hope you feel better. And, and that's or, a real, real deep one right now, right? Hope with, I feel better. Yes. I mean, um, reality, yes. Um, sometimes in sports, you know, I hope my team wins. Um, but it's always hoping for something that is only determined by the outcomes. And that's what what she calls help me hope. And then she says, we all have hard won hope. And hard won hope is a product of disappointment. We don't possess it because things went well. We earn it because they did not. Hard won hope is not dependent on a happy ending. She says, instead of hoping for a product, hard won hope invests in the process. That's good. And this reminds me of the kind of hope that Scripture speaks of in Romans 5 when she's talking about instead of getting, you know, the product, the happy ending, the, you know, result that we want, it, um, Romans 5 speaks of what happens in us and in, in the midst of the process. And it says um, that hope that comes out of our suffering will produce perseverance. And when we persevere, that will produce character and then character will produce hope, and hope will not disappoint. And I, I, I thought about that this week even when, were you going to say something? Yeah, just a comment, though. So hope is really like desire in an outcome. It's wanting something. So um, in your, I know what you're about to say, and, and I think there was just, there's a real desire present. Just to put it in terms of, um, feeling, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's something that we we actually feel, and and it's if it's absent, which we're going to talk mm-hmm. about in a minute, then um, then things aren't quite right. So hope is a really important thing. We want us to think about this. And the more we hope for something, the more anxious we might become. Yes. Um, or you know, we'll talk in a minute. Maybe the more depressed we might become. Or you know, despairing we might become when we don't get it. And so we're saying desire is mm-hmm. a good thing. Mm-hmm. We should live with desire. Um, but we know um, that, I mean, that doesn't always happen. And that's why she's saying sometimes it does happen. And then sometimes we have this hard one hope where, you know, there's really a fight for a hope that that it comes more out of the process and more out of the purpose and the meaning um, in that process. But what I was starting to say there earlier was last week I um, heard myself say during a difficult conversation, this is hopeless. <laughs> and right when I said that, I well, thought— Was I in that conversation? I think you were around it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was. <laughs> I quickly thought to myself, that is not a true statement. Um, it's true if I'm focused on the people involved. Amen. It's true if I focus on the past, and it's true if I focus on even how I'm feeling in the present. And sometimes even in, you know, those situations, um, 
it can be true if I'm focused on what I personally, me, Danina, can see in the future. Because mm. I sometimes, I mean, I can't see change or I can't see the good that is to come. But I knew in that moment that it wasn't true when I remembered who God was and I brought who God was into that equation. And I knew it wasn't true when I remembered just, you know, quickly recall scriptures that reminded me of God's promises. And it's not true if I place value on that process, that process of suffering and persevering and character and hope. And so with all that said, I I also just have thought about the fact that if we're honest, I mean, there are just times that it is hard to hope due to our circumstances. Um, We can't always just catch ourselves as quickly as I did there and say that is not a true statement. I mean, sometimes we can fall very quickly more into something that's quite opposite of hope. Um, which is despair. But we would say, and part of our podcast here is that when you get in moments like this, that you as a believer are able to fight for and be okay with the process to get there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in that conversation, you and I were struggling with each other and with what was going on. And so we could say, this is hopeless time and experience and encouragement in, you know, the Lord helped us in this process. And so Mm -hmm. without this process, we would despair, which Mm -hmm. is what you're about to talk about. Mm -hmm. Despair is um, derived from the Latin term meaning down from hope. I think that's so Mm -hmm. interesting. I mean, that that's really where it comes from. It means down from hope. And it includes desperation, distress, pain, anguish, um, and kind of this trapped feeling like a lack of choices. Um, When we despair, we give up or we lose heart. Uh, There's always higher levels of depression, anxiety, stress um, tied to despair, more broken relationships, more substance abuse, and of course, suicide or thoughts of suicide are associated with despair. And it it impacts our health in the same way that studies have shown that hope give, um, builds our immune system and gives us better relationships and, um, you know, <clears throat> helps our overall health and mental health. Um, all the studies show the same thing. When we hit, when we live in despair, um, we're going to end up with even our immune system being down as well as some of these other things I've mentioned. And in many different studies that are out there right now, this has been an unfortunate consequence, all of these things I've listed, of the coronavirus pandemic. And on all of these accounts, um, there's been an increase in all of these things, in suicide, in substance abuse, in broken relationships, in depression, anxiety, definitely higher levels of stress. So, I mean, we're, I think every person out there can identify with you know, at times just struggling, um, being, you know, with despair, with this feeling down from hope. And I I like in the Bible where, you know, Paul says this because I find comfort in knowing who the Apostle Paul was and to know that he didn't um, pretend 
he didn't deny reality. He, when he speaks through scripture, he's constantly very honest about what his hardship is. And in 2 Corinthians 1 8, he says, We do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the hardships we encountered in the province of Asia. Asia. We were under a burden far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Um, in 2 Corinthians 4, he, he describes this that I think at times we all relate to. We're hard-pressed on all sides, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. I mean, that verse right there is that picture of, um, you know, when we live with hope doesn't mean that we, we're not dealing with reality. I mean, we're persecuted, but in Christ, I'm not forsaken. I'm struck down, but in Christ, I'm not destroyed. Pope Paul was a super saint, but he wasn't a super saint because he was perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was because of his being in Christ, and he directs us there. It is out of this struggle with despair that then Christ found to be enough for him. Mm-hmm. And he knew what it meant to suffer and, you know, like this says, for life to press in on every side and overwhelm him. Um, I mean, there's other lists in Scripture of all that he suffered. But in 2 Corinthians 4, he really tells us where he found his hope. And he describes hope as eternal here. He says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer person is decaying, yet our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are seen, not seen, are eternal. So Paul could have life press in on him and yet not despair because he found hope in what was unseen and eternal. So we see Paul describe hope as eternal. And then in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9, we see Peter describe hope as a person. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So our circumstances here, you know, Peter's telling us do not, I mean, they don't have to define us or cause us to despair because we have a living hope in the person of Jesus Christ. And I find so much comfort that I don't trust in a dead God. Yes. Who is powerless um, and helpless. And that that is, I mean, the essence of the gospel. It is the gospel. He's a living God who's overcome our sin, the world, all the things that cause our despair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we trust in these false gods out there, we're trusting in a dead God that has no power Mm -hmm. to do anything. And I I love, I mean, this is, you know, we're talking about Christmas, but this is the message of Easter that, you know, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he, this living God, holds the future my life is worth the living just because he lives. I mean, when we sing that song, you know, primarily at Easter, we're, you know, we're being grateful that we have this 
um, living God, and that hope is a person. So, so Paul talks about it, Peter talks about it, and then the writer of Hebrews, who's unknown, also has something to say. Mm-hmm. And he says hope is our anchor. Um, he says in Hebrews 6.19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And just as a ship needs to have an anchor in order for it to not drift or, you know, an anchor offers that stability to a ship in a storm, I mean, this verse is telling us, so do we, and and our anchor is hope. Um, R.C. Sproul says, no, you say that different, Sproul. Sproul, Sproul. Yeah. yeah, we always say that different. Hope is called the anchor of the soul because it gives stability to the Christian life. Hope is not simply a wish I had this or I wish such and such would take place. Rather, it is that which latches on to the certainty of the promises of the future that God has made. So hope is an anchor um, for our soul. And do we ever need one right now where Mm -hmm. everything is shifting and changing constantly? It is so easy to drift in different directions. Um, So we can fight for hope and, and and sometimes it really, truly is a fight by remembering to hope in what we don't see and what is eternal, as Paul said. And then, as Peter said, by hoping in the living person of Christ. And then, as Hebrews would say, by remembering that hope in Christ, um, we're hoping in Christ, He is our anchor. And that really, the only thing in this world that can keep us from drifting and offers us stability. So, you know, really, as I was thinking about this and we were talking through this podcast, I thought about the example of flying on an airplane, which is not too easy today either. No. Um, Certainly gotten harder and not as fun to do. No. And, but I thought about when I fly in a plane, I hope that I'm going to reach my destination without any problems. And um, I definitely hope that the plane won't crash. Mm-hmm. Um, but, those hopes aren't what get, what's going to get me on the plane. What gets me on the plane, um, I mean, it does get me on the plane because I want to get to my destination, um, but I really get on that plane because I have faith that that plane is going to stay in the air all the way and get me to that destination. So I think it's important, as we've been visiting, just to talk about the important part that faith plays in us being able to be people of hope, because God intends for our suffering to produce hope in us, but He does it through faith. Yeah, and your plain illustration is good because it ties the two together, um, and so we want to unpack how how do we hope? How is hope realized? And we are going to talk about faith, and those two terms are almost inseparable in Scripture. To have hope, we need faith. To live by faith, we need hope. Hope is future-oriented, while faith is based in our past and also our present experiences. Hope is uncertain. It's an unknown. And 
faith applied is God's means means for us to bolster our confidence or to have certainty. And so you've done a good job of defining and explaining hope. So let's look now at a definition of faith. And the writer of Hebrews states plainly what faith is in Hebrews 11.1. He says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So let's break this down. The Greek word for faith that's used here is used in other places in the Scripture as uh, it's translated believe. So to have faith, we must believe in something or in someone. But it goes further than that, as is said here. This kind of believing is not, I sort of believe. Um, it's, it's not weak. It, it has uh, some strength to it. And the two words, assurance and conviction, both exude a confident belief. And God doesn't intend for us to just kind of believe or sort of believe, or I'm not sure I really believe in Jesus or who he said he is. He wants it to be strong and confident um, and that our faith would be something we can rely upon. Well, and I mean, wouldn't you say that, I mean, as Christians, we often can just kind of believe because we're praying and trusting God the same time we're doing everything we can to control mm-hmm. the outcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if hope, we're putting our hope in the outcome, but we're trying to manipulate or control it or... That's why we can desire and hope for something and think, well, my hope never comes true or, you know, God didn't answer my prayer. Well, what God wants us to work on is not to just have this kind of blind weightless hope. He wants us to have our faith bolstered and strengthened. And that's the direction of, if you want to know how to have a, you know, hope that means something, then you work upon this part of what, and you work on your faith and, the, and your faith is developed. So let me just keep going here. A strong, confident faith does not just happen. You know, a new believer would have very little confidence in Jesus being who he said he is. Mm-hmm. And we expect that. But if you've been a believer for a long time, your faith should be growing and maturing. Paul addresses, I mean, the writer of Hebrews addresses this in Hebrews chapter 6. In the chapter 5 and verse 6, when he says, you should be teachers, but you're just now needing these, you know, basic things. So, how do how does what happens so that our faith is increased? Well, the disciples were known to have said to Jesus, "Lord, help our unbelief, help our faith." They recognized and admitted the truth. Sometimes that's a starting point. And then Jesus's hyperbolic response was, "If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains." Jesus didn't want them or us to have blind faith in anything. He he wants our faith to be in him. He was he, he he wanted them to look to him. And so the strength of our faith is related to how well we're trusting in Jesus or relying upon him. When our faith is in Jesus, we have assurance. When our faith is in ourselves or someone else or something else, you mentioned a minute ago controlling things, well it's going to become shaky. Because eventually, whatever it is, 
we are not able to take care of. It's only Jesus who can take care of all things pertaining to us. So the writer of Hebrews is defining faith in Hebrews 11.1, but in doing so, he links it to hope. He says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In other words, hope is uncertain, but faith gives it certainty. Hope is not yet seen, but faith is what gives us a conviction as we look toward what we're hoping in. And to realize the thing that we hope for, we must live by faith in someone or something. To live with hope, we must put our faith into practice. So I can't make myself any, I can't make my hope any stronger, but, but my faith can be strengthened. So what I tell people is if you want to maintain your hope in Jesus, if you want to realize what Jesus means and can do for you, you must have your faith strengthened by Jesus. You must grow in your understanding of Jesus. You must know Jesus more personally. His word, his ways, his promises must all be tested by your intentional and diligent effort to know him. You must obey what he says. In this life, we can't see Jesus Therefore, we hope in him. But if we don't live in faith, our hope in him will be weak. So 2 Corinthians 5, 6 says, So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And then Romans 8, 24 and 25 says, For in this hope we are saved. <clears throat> not that we hope Not that hope is, sorry, not hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So here's an illustration. Um, You like walking on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. You've enjoyed that for years and in doing so, people do so, when, and, and I'll do exercise and do the same kind of thing um, on a bike. But to do so, we hope to be healthy and in the process perhaps lose a little weight. Mm-hmm. New Year's is coming. I dare say that will be a resolution. <laughs> but Many people make, yeah. The hope is nothing if we don't get on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. The, the, the hope to be healthy or to lose weight is nothing if we don't get on the treadmill. Getting on the treadmill is the application of faith. It's the mechanism by which hope is realized. Unless we get on the treadmill and also watch our diet, the hope of losing weight and maintaining health is uncertain. And, and so faith is like this. We mu- must put faith into action to live with hope. So faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I like that illustration, yeah. Because, if, I mean, faith is that action part that's required for us, yeah. So tell me what this looks like in your life. I mean, when you're fighting for hope, when you're, you know, it's not just coming easily. Yeah, I, so I hope's want, deferred. <clears throat> so just, I want to have a really good day. Who doesn't want to wake up in the morning and have a really good day? Mm -hmm. 
in order to have a good day, it's not enough to just say, I hope I have a good day. So what has been developed over the years is I've had many, many years of study of God's Word. So I, I understand the, the, the flow of Scripture and the story of Scripture. So that helps me as I begin my days um, that the uncertainty of any day fit into the larger story that God is unfolding. Mm-hmm. I live with that perspective every day. Whatever's happening in the world, whatever's happening in our life, I know this is part of a bigger story. Mm-hmm. And enough study and, and reading the whole of Scripture, you see there is a story being told. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage anyone to to know that story. If you don't know the flow of Scripture, then, you know, there's there's enough information out there today to teach us that, whether it's online. I mean, a pastor would love to share this is how it all fits together. So that that's essential. But even with this, knowing that, I still get discouraged. So every day and sometimes throughout the day, I have to reorient my mind. And my faith being sent, strengthened, is, it centers on my communion with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And did I do this as well 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago? No. but. I, it's something that has continued to be something that I do better. And I know this with each passing year, it centers on taking a commune time to commune with the Lord. I get up early and spend time with Jesus every day. Um, included in that time, I've begun, you know, a, a couple of years ago, really memorizing portions of scripture does wonders for me just to have that word. And I'll go, Start with a verse, and I'll go over it and over it and over it until I got it, mm-hmm. and then I'll go on to another one, and I'll constantly go back and re- review the ones that I've memorized. Hmm. The specific words in those memorized scriptures about who God is gives me the most encouragement. Um, things like He's steadfast in His love. He's His forgiveness. God always does what is right and what is fair. So when I'm going through my day and something's not right or fair, I know it's not because God's not right or fair. Hmm. Um, His compassion, His strength. How many verses in the Psalms talk about God being our strength? His forgiveness. He is always doing um, what's, you know, His intention to do, His mercy. So, these words about God mean much, and they are what anchor my faith in Him. So, in addition to that, confession of sin for me is a constant, because living life only reveals how much my flesh is fighting to rule my life instead of the Spirit. I, I tell you this, I, and, and we've been taught this, but mm-hmm. you know, the older we get, the more aware we are of our sin. Mm-hmm. And so, confession is just a daily way of life. Which is how it should be, the closer— we walk with Christ, the more we should see. Yeah. And it's so it's not how that much I'm, we're not like him. It's not that I'm more perfect. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm getting, you know, better. But what's getting better is the communion with him and the help from him and the realization of how much we need him. So nothing here's really new in anything that I've shared, but it's always available to me. It's always available to us. That's good. So, um, and the faith part, Worley, is that as you do that, then you know, um, instead of despairing, you enter into your day, mm-hmm. 
you deal with the hard conversation you have to have. You, you know, I mean, by faith, you go live life. And and it's it's coming out of that hope that you have in the person of, you know, Jesus Christ. It's coming out of um, what's eternal, as Paul would say. It's coming out of you spending time with God so you're more anchored that day when maybe everything's going to be shifting around all day. Um, you know, but you're, you're living. I mean, many people just quit living. I mean, if they don't feel hope, um, their faith isn't exercised where, where they go step into life. So you really, your faith is strengthened because you commune with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what I want to add to that is it's even better when I have, you know, a little bit of time for myself. And that's not always true every day, but if I can. But then when you and I do it together. And so then you and I are talking together. We'll talk about the hard stuff in our day or the stuff we're worried about. And then we go to the Lord with it and we we put it before him and we we pray together. And yeah. and and you know, so there's a and there's a groaning that occurs in that whole process. Mm-hmm. And then it's not just you, you know, I had breakfast with somebody yesterday and just talking with this other person about what was going on in our lives and who God is and what he does, that has a strengthening effect for mm-hmm. us. And then when we, we come together once a week with fellow believers and we're singing praises to God and we're hearing the word taught, again, those are the things that strengthen our mm-hmm. faith. And, you know, I, I want to say, because we're at Christmas time here, each year at Christmas, we have the opportunity to build on our faith. As we think about God in the incarnation, think about God sending his son who emptied himself as God to become a man. You know, there's so many distractions at Christmas, but this core of what Christmas is about is always there before everybody, believers and non-believers. We believers can be strengthened in our faith this Christmas seeing by seeing it's not just a children's story, but it's a true story about a humble God who took initiative to do something about a problem that we can't resolve. And the the biggest problem is me. And then the problems beyond that are the sin and the, you know, the the fallenness of this world we're trying to navigate. Mm-hmm. But this this Jesus did something about a problem we can't resolve. And I think we need to pause. We need to think hard. We need to understand that the story of Christmas is Jesus doing something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. And so I would encourage all of us to be intentional this Christmas season about having our faith strengthened. So one of the things, go to, go to one of the many church services that's in your community. If your church is not having one, which your church is going to have one at some point, but go to a church service and see your spirit lifted because of its focus. Also, talk to your kids about what Jesus had done. Make sure, even though they've heard it before, that you repeat it again in, in age-appropriate levels. You just tell them, this is why we're doing what we're doing. And then I would say with adults um, or older kids, talk to one another about the real meaning of Christmas and then perhaps why it's personally hard to keep him at front and center. Just let him be a part of our conversations. Ask the Spirit to help you. And then let's just reorient ourselves this Christmas to the fact that it is all about Jesus. 
I like that, Worley, that you said we need to think hard and better understand the story of Christmas as Jesus doing something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. And and tying that into hope, because, you know, we, we're often living in a pretty hopeless society, mm-hmm. but we are living in a highly self-sufficient mm-hmm. society. So that goes completely, you know, our self-sufficiency goes against the message of Christmas where Jesus is doing something, coming as our Savior, you know, doing something for us we cannot do for ourselves. I mean, we want to be people who can take care of ourselves and not need other people. And um, and, 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 and yet we're living in a hopeless, many, many, many people feeling hopeless. And what a beautiful story in that he came in the lowliest of forms so that anybody can be identified with because he starts with the lowly of the low. Mm-hmm. And the lowly people loved him and responded to him all the way up to those in power and authority who were humble could see him. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, you know, hope this Christmas, I mean, it's not in presence. It's not in people changing. It's not in power. It's not in politics. It's not in our own possessions or maybe future possibilities that we're dreaming about. Um, Our hope cannot be found in positive thinking or positive outcomes. I mean, what we want you to leave with today is that hope is a person. Mm -hmm. And Paul David Tripp writes so beautifully about this. He says, the Christmas story clearly shows that the hope of the universe is a person. Hope was what the angels sang about. Hope lay in the manger. Hope caused Mary to wonder in her heart. It was hope the shepherds came to worship. Hope was presented with gifts from the Magi who had traveled so far. The Advent story is a hope story because it chronicles the coming to earth of the one who is hope, Jesus. For a people born in sin and for a world damaged by sin, there simply could not be any other source of hope. Good education could not solve the problem. Benevolent government had no power to solve the problem. More and better laws couldn't penetrate to the source of the problem. People couldn't help one another, and they surely couldn't help themselves. And I I think here, you know, when we forget God, we lose Mm -hmm. hope. I mean, let's remember Jesus this Christmas, as you said, and tell our children about the hope of the gospel. I mean, the hope um, that came from this small, helpless, vulnerable baby in, in a manger so that, you know, as we remember that, it will help us not to have to live feeling so hopeless. And, and I would add, it didn't stop there with the, that baby grew into the man that he is, a very strong man, modeling for us how to live giving his life, dying for our sin on a cross, then being raised from the dead, having overcome sin and death, and then he's still alive today, this living hope. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus is alive, we do not have to live feeling hopeless. And as you've said, by faith, we can live life. We don't have to hide from life, despair, from life, we can step into and live life. One of my favorite Christmas songs is called Hope Has a Name, Emmanuel. And it says, come if you're broken, come if you're searching, 
If you need healing, He's where you'll find it. Lay down your burdens and breathe in forgiveness. And if you need freedom, yeah, He's where you'll find it. Oh, if you need freedom, yeah, He's where you'll find it. Hope has a name, Emmanuel, the light of the world who broke through the darkness. I'll hail the King, Emmanuel, the light of the world, the glory of heaven. Hope has a name, Emmanuel. And part of the reason I love that song is because Emmanuel means God with us. That is so comforting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want it to be comforting. We want it to be comforting mm-hmm. to you all that no matter your brokenness, your burdens you're carrying, or the barrenness even that you might feel this Christmas, remember Emmanuel. God is with you. If he feels distant, it's not because he's moved. Mm-hmm. Um, many people who feel hopeless and in pain, you know, blame God. They mm. distance themselves from God. They, you know, get, um, they don't move toward Him in their pain. They, they move away. Ask for forgiveness for, for doing that and move towards God. Mm. Emmanuel, He is with you. And despair, because of this, despair does not have to define you. Your Savior has provided everything you need to live out your hope by faith. So this Christmas, instead of saying nothing will ever change, this Christmas, let's say nothing is impossible with God. I like that. So um, we wish that each of you who hear this would have a hope-filled Christmas. Mm -hmm. And we pray God's blessing on you all and your families. And we'll see you next year. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today on the Redeemed Hearts podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode and are looking for more content from Willie and Danina, we encourage you to visit redeemedheartsministries.com. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and share this episode on social media. Please feel free to reach out and contact us through the website. Again, we hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll be back with new episodes in 2022. God bless.